Hello and welcome. This is Pastor Terry, and I'd like to welcome you to my Bible study podcast. This daily podcast is a place where we take the teachings of Scripture seriously, but ourselves, not so much. Join us as we dive into the sacred word of the Bible, and each time we read, we pray, we change the world. Welcome to Pastor Terry's Bible Study Podcast. Well, hello, everyone, and welcome to today's podcast. Welcome, welcome, welcome. It is Monday, June the 26th, 2023, and um, so good, glad to be back with you. Uh, yeah, I was on a cruise, been on vacation last week, had a great time with friends and family, uh, and just got back over the weekend, and um, good to be back with you. And hopefully the uh, you were able to continue on each day with the Book of Romans and kept. Fortunately, we were we were able to uh, go through this book together a couple of years ago. So uh, using those pre recordings last week, you were able to continue uh, right on pace. So hopefully that was helpful. It's always interesting too to listen. Uh, to those older ones, because you know it's just different, different season, and so different things stand out and grab your attention in the in the text. So, but today we are in Romans chapter nine. So Romans chapter nine, as we continue our journey through the book of Romans and uh, through the New Testament, halfway through now, um, you can tell because the handy dandy little uh, reading guide and reading plan here uh, keeps track of the weeks, and so we are now in week twenty six. And so we are um, about to cross the midpoint this year. All right, let's do it, y'all. Uh, you know what we do? We read, we pray, we change the world. Romans chapter 9. Let's see what the Lord has to say to us today. Hope you guys are doing great. Here we go. I speak the truth in Christ. I am not lying. My conscience confirms it through the Holy Spirit. I have great sorrow and unceasing anguish in my heart. Hmm. For I could wish that I myself were cursed and cut off from Christ for the sake of my people, those of my own race, the people of Israel. Okay, so uh, now Paul's going to address um, how does Israel uh, play into all of this? Uh, first eight chapters, just amazing good news about Christ is the Savior of all. Um, he is a right. He, Christ is the righteousness of God revealed. Now, faith in Him accredits uh, righteousness to us based on what on His perfection and His sacrifice. So now, but what about Israel? What about all of that? What about you know? What's, what, where does this live? The leave the people of Israel. And again, remember, Paul is a Jewish man. He is a Jew. He is from Israel. He's speaking as one himself. And so here he's just, he's kind of peeling back his heart. He's like, I love my people. He said, I would, you know, I'd just as soon be uh, cut off, accursed, and if if it would mean the, the rest of my people would be saved. Theirs is an adoption to sonship. Theirs the divine glory, the covenants, the receiving of the law, the temple worship, and the promises. Okay, so he's saying here, here here's all the things they've received. We, we, it's really a we, not they, but he's speaking in the third person. But he's 
it's his it, he's one of them <laughs> but he's but as he's speaking about Israel the adoption of sonship they were chosen uh to carry the divine glory the covenants the uh the mosaic the uh Abra Abrahamic covenant the uh, mosaic covenant the davidic covenants he they they were they were custodians and carriers of all of that uh the temple worship the temple system all of those foreshadows that were pointing to the greater reality um the receiving of the law on mount sinai from moses the, and the promises Theirs are the patriarchs, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, and the rest, and Joseph. And from them is traced the human ancestry of the Messiah, who is God over all, forever praised. Amen. So he's saying even the, even the Messiah himself is traced through Jewish ancestry. Verse 6. Because you kind of you kind of you kind of uh, anticipate the the objection, right? It's like, well, what the what's the what point is it there in being Jewish? If God is going to save everybody, and it's you know uh, you know, and and it's now based on well, not that He's going to save everyone, but pe everyone who is saved, it's based on faith in Jesus. Well, then what profit was there in being an Israelite? And here Paul is addressing that. Verse six: It is not as though God's word had failed. For not all who are descended from Israel are Israel. Okay, here we go. He's going to make a distinction. Um, so he's saying not everyone who descended from Israel, Jacob, not everyone who is a descendant of Jacob, not everyone who's in uh, an Israel, an Israelite by birth, is really part of Israel, the people of God. Nor because they are his descendants are they all Abraham's children. On the contrary. It is through Isaac that your offspring will be reckoned. In other words, it is not the children by physical descent who are God's children, but it is the children of the promise who are regarded as Abraham's offspring. Mm -hmm. Yeah, because Abraham had other. He's given. He's using a metaphor here, right? The, Abraham had other children, so it's not just because you're a descendant of Abraham. He's just using the, the literal here, right? Because Abraham, you know. Um, had Ishmael and Isaac. So it's not all descendants of Abraham. You had to be the descendants of Isaac. <laughs> For this is how the promise was stated. At the appointed time, I will return, and Sarah will have a son. Not only that, but Rebekah's children were conceived at the same time by their father Isaac. Yet before the twins were born, or had done anything good or bad, in order that God's purposes in election might stand, not by works but by him who calls, she was told the older will serve the younger, just as it is written, Jacob I loved, but Esau I have hated. So now he's using the example of yet another uh, family in the, in, the, in, the, uh, in the Jewish patriarch, um, Rebecca and Isaac. It's like it's not just the descendant of Isaac. <laughs> so, because... Uh, You got Jacob, Jacob I loved, but Esau I hated. Um, because you know, Rebecca had two sons, Jacob and Esau. Um and 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 you know, the Jake that loved and hated thing is always a little bit of a stumbling block. And it's it's not as if God um despised one. It's basically just a, a contrast, right? Um, chosen. 
by, by contrast, Jacob was chosen. It's God's sovereign choice. God gets to choose. He chooses how he's going to reveal uh, who he's going to use for his glory, who he's going to use to display his glory to the nations, through whom the promises will be fulfilled. God chooses. I don't know why. This is interesting because we, we have no problem. <laughs> it's funny. We have no problem with our power to choose. Like, I have the power to make a choice. I have the power to choose. But somehow we, we, we hiccup with the idea that God has the power to choose. Like, come on. If you can choose, what, what makes us think, or why, why do we stumble over the idea that God can choose? <laughs> it's God's, it's sovereign. It's God's sovereign right. He can choose, and he does. Like, God chooses, get over it. I mean, God chose people to be taller than me. Get over it. God chose people to have hair, and I didn't get any. Well, I had some for a little while. But, I mean, get over it. I mean, it's just, it's just the way it is. <laughs> and yes, God does choose. What then shall we say? Is God unjust? Is God unjust because he chooses? Of course not. For he says to Moses, I will have mercy on whom I have mercy, and I will have compassion on whom I have compassion. God's ability to choose has nothing to do with his, um, the, his justice and character. He's completely just, and he's sovereign. Verse 16, it does not, therefore, depend on human desire or effort, but on God's mercy. For Scripture says to Pharaoh, I raise you up for this very purpose, that I might display my power in you, and that my name might be proclaimed in all the earth. Therefore, God has mercy on whom he wants to have mercy and hardens whom he wants to harden. Hmm. I think, um, you know, in the, in the example of Pharaoh, you know, the Pharaoh's heart was hardened, and, and the Scripture says that God hardened his heart. Um, basically, the way I, I take that to mean is that God... God used the hardness of, of Pharaoh's heart and, and the path that he was on to display his glory. It's not so different. Just this past week, we talked uh, in, we, I preached on Acts chapter 19, and in that passage, um, we see an evil spirit being used to display the glory of God. The sons of Sceva, seven sons of Sceva, are trying to cast out demons in the name of Jesus, but they don't know Jesus. They just want... Uh, the popularity that Paul and others are getting. So they're going around casting out demons in the name of Jesus. Well, the evil spirit says, Paul, I, Jesus I know, and Paul I know, but I don't know you, and overpowers them and beats them so bad they're bleeding and naked. We read this together, actually, not too many weeks ago. And uh, so in that case, God even used an evil spirit to display his glory and power. So God can use anything. And the hardened heart of Pharaoh, God used the hardened heart of Pharaoh to, uh, to display his glory. So here's the thing, guys. Like, you, you will display the glory of God. Wow, listen to that. You will display the glory of God. You will display the glory of God through your wickedness because it will exemplify the glory of God, and you will do it unwillingly. Or you will display the glory of God willingly and freely and, joy and, and enjoy and 
and bask in his presence and share all, share share in his glory. So you will display his glory either as a contrast to your life and to your sinfulness and to your rebellion heart and heart or you will display his glory and 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 uh, as a as a reflection and partake in it. <laughs> so in a strict sense every, all humanity will do, declare the glory of God. They will, either, they will either display it by their wickedness in a contrasting way, or they will display it uh, by reflecting it and um, and adoring it. Mm. One uh, verse nineteen. One of you will say to me, "Then why does God still blame us?" So if God is sovereign and He can choose, then aren't we uh, aren't we without aren't we out without responsibility? How can you blame us for something that you that you said God can choose? So aren't we then uh, not accountable for our wickedness? One of you will say to me, "Then why does God still blame us? For who is able to resist His will?" But who are you, a human being, to talk back to God? <laughs> Paul's Paul's reasoning here is like these things are. Don't even go there. <laughs> God is both. Sovereign, and He's holy, and and yes, God has the ability to choose, but we are still accountable for our decisions. God knows the decisions we will make, but He does not make them for us, and we are accountable. But who are you, human being, to talk back to God? Shall what is formed say to the one who formed it, "Why did you make me like this?" <laughs> does not the potter have the right to make? out of the same lump of clay some pottery for special purposes and some for common use yeah i mean god can choose just like the, the you know the the um, isaac and ishmael story and the jacob and esau story god chooses one son and doesn't choose the other god has the right to choose that doesn't he have that right he made them all he made them all why can't he choose this one for special use and this one for common use of course he can just like we can. When we have guests over, we choose which dishes we want to use. <laughs> I want to use this one for this special occasion. Now, why do, if we can choose dishes, why can't choose, God choose the purposes of the, the grander purposes of eternity? Of course he can. Yeah. And um, instead of asking sometimes, God, why did you make me like this? And that's a normal question. I get it. Sometimes we do, you know, why, why do I have this or that or why do I struggle continually with this or whatever? Why can't I dunk a basketball <laughs> on a 10-foot goal? Why? You know, but instead of asking that, saying, God, and a better question is, this is the way you've created me. How can I use this to display your glory? Hmm. God doesn't make any mistakes. It doesn't mean you're born perfect. It doesn't mean that there's no... Uh, I should say this. It doesn't mean that you're born fully mature. Of course, we, we can mature. We need to mature over time. So we're not, you know, we're not born fully to our full capacities and capabilities. Um, but God doesn't make any mistakes. What if, verse 22, what if God, although choosing to show his wrath and make his power known, bore with great patience? the objects of his wrath, prepared for destruction. What if he did this to make the riches of his glory known to the objects of his mercy? 
whom he prepared in advance for glory, for even or for even us whom he also called, not only from the Jews but also from the Gentiles. All right, so he uh, he's using um, God has called both Jews and Gentiles to experience his glory. Even um, even those who were formally prepared for destruction are being saved, and they're um, being being um, they were displaying the glory of God. As he says in Hosea, I will call them my people who are not my people, and I will call her my loved one who is not my loved one. So Gentiles, primarily here he's talking about Gentiles. And so Paul's saying even in, in the prophets, God said that, you know, through the prophets, that I will call them, quote, my people who are not my people. I will call Gentiles, those who are not my people, my people. <laughs> And, and continuing on, and in every place where it was said of him, said to him, you are not my people, they, there they will be called children of the living God. Isaiah cries out concerning Israel, though the number of Israelites be like the sand of the sea, only the remnant will be saved. This goes back to what Paul was saying earlier in the very first, uh, one of the first, second uh, verse here, that not all, of, not all Israel is Israel or verse uh, 6, not all Israel is Israel. So here he's saying, even among Israel, that there weren't biological Israel was never the Israel that was saved, quote-unquote. The Israel that was saved was the remnant, those who had their hearts truly circumcised, not just physical circumcision, but a circumcision of the heart, a heart that was devoted to God. Remnant, so within the larger sphere of Israel was a subset called the remnant. And those, those are the ones who truly loved God, that weren't just, wasn't just a, a, um, a race or ethnic thing. It was a devotion, a spiritual devotion of God. For the Lord will carry out his sentence on earth with speed and finality. It is just as Isaiah said previously, Unless the Lord Almighty had left us descendants, we would have become like Sodom. We would have come, be, we, we would have been like Gomorrah. What then shall we say? That the Gentiles who did not pursue righteousness have obtained it, a righteousness that is by faith, but the people of Israel who pursued the law as the way of righteousness have not attained their goal? So he's saying, so you get what he's saying there. He's like, okay, so he's again presenting a... Uh, and a potential objection. Oh, so what you're saying is that people, the uh, the the Gentiles who didn't have didn't pursue righteousness have now obtained it, uh, and those that have been uh, pursuing the way of righteousness have not attained their goal. Paul says, "Why not? Because they persuaded because they pursued it not by faith, but as if it, it were works." So it's like he's like, uh, "Yeah, you're right." Because it's about righteousness, it's about the heart, it's about devotion, and so if you're performing uh, the the rules of the law just out of a just checking the boxes, but not truly a heart devotion, it's the prodigal son story, right? It's the older son in the prodigal son story. He's living with the father, but his his heart really isn't with the father. He's just there. He's just doing the things, just running the farm, but he's not sharing the devotion of the father. 
They stumbled over the stumbling stone, as it is written. See, I lay a stone in Zion that causes people to stumble and a rock that makes them fall, and the one who believes in him will never be put to shame. You say, man, the stumbling block is who? It's Jesus. Like, all of this should have been pointing to Jesus. So Israel should have been the first to jump on board and celebrate this Messiah, but they rejected him. They've tripped over the cornerstone. They've built this big house, but they've tripped over the cornerstone. <laughs> they've built this big temple, this temple of religion, but the cornerstone that holds it all together, they're stumbling over. And so, um, so Paul is really starting to answer these questions of, you know, what is Israel's role now? Um, how does it? How does Israel uh, fit into the gospel story? Um, how is the gospel a continuation of? Uh, what began in Israel, and how is it different than what began in Israel? And what role now does Israel uh, play in this? And Paul says, right, I, I want all of Israel to be saved, but that's not ever how it's been. It's never been that all of Israel will be saved, and he'll talk more about that. Um, and so sometimes we ask that, well, what about the Jewish people? Paul's talking about it right here. This is it, man. This tells us. <laughs> it's about devotion to God in the heart, and uh, salvation comes through Jesus now because he is the full revelation of all that has been taught throughout those centuries. So, All right, you guys, thanks so much for jumping on. I hope this um, chapter 9 was an encouragement to you uh, that God is sovereign, and he is just, he is good, and yes, he has a right to make choices. And the good thing is that God is just and holy, so he always makes holy and just and fair choices. Hmm. All right, you guys, let's pray. Lord, thank you so much for your holy word. Thank you for my friends today. Pray your blessing and encouragement be upon each of them. Lord, thank you for your holy word. Thank you that you are sovereign. You are over all. You are smarter, wiser than any of us. And we thank you that your choices are always good and just. So God, I... Pray that we would rest in your sovereignty today, knowing that you are benevolent and kind, and you always work things together for good for those who love you. Lord, I pray for my friends. May you encourage them and bless them today. Whatever they need from you, I pray that you would grant it according to the, the riches of your power in Jesus. It's in his name we pray. Amen. Amen. God bless you, my friends. Great to be back with you today. Hope you have a fantastic today. Fantastic today. Listen to that. So you can tell I'm just back. Fantastic day. Thank you for liking, subscribing, sharing, all of this. Really appreciate that. Thank you for thank you. Thank you for doing that. We'll be back at it tomorrow with Romans chapter 10 as we continue this journey through this incredible book. You guys have a great day. We'll see you next time. Thank you for joining me on today's podcast. I hope you enjoyed the show. If this episode has been an encouragement to you, take a minute to subscribe or comment or share it with your friends. You can find me, Pastor Terry, and Bayside Church on all social media platforms. You can find Bayside at Bayside Church SH. Until next time, remember, God's word is true. Everything else is merely commentary. God bless you. We'll see you next time.